strange stories of peculiar people and extraordinary events throughout history. This is Notorious Narratives. Welcome to Notorious Narratives. I'm Jen. And I'm Robin. And tonight I'm going to tell the story of Birmingham, England's notorious gang, the Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders. Not the Blenders. Oh. Peaky Blinders. This is not a Vitamix <laughs> or Ninja situation. All right. So I'm going to tell you the story of the Peaky Blinders, made incredibly popular by the BBC TV series, full of incredibly attractive dudes in very snappy dressed outfits. Nice. Which is not unlike the gang themselves. So... As the Industrial Revolution hit Birmingham, England in the late 19th century, along with this boom of industry came a crime wave of historic proportions. Gangs sprang up left and right, doing battle for territory. The reason why this is kind of cropping up, one of the reasons, is following the Gaming Act of 1845. The only gambling allowed in England at this time was at racetracks. So the introduction of a special excursion trains over to the racetracks meant that classes of society could go to the races, but certain people weren't able to. That's rude. Right. So, I mean, if you couldn't afford to take the train to the racetrack, you could not gamble. So then there cropped up a huge amount of bookmaking. Absolutely. Right. So because people who could not get there by train still wanted to gamble on the horses. And you get a significant underworld similar to New York or Chicago or Las Vegas or, you know, whenever you get a lot of young men working in an area with disposable cash, they will want to do a few things with it. They will want to get women. They will want to drink. And they all want to gamble. Especially in, during the Industrial Revolution. I mean, right. that's just like the peak of... Young men from the English countryside come to Birmingham to find jobs in these factories. Absolutely. They have a little bit of free cash. You know, they're there living alone. A few things they're going to do and with it, it. Yeah, in their mind, they're like, I have money to spend because right. the industry is popping. Exactly. So there was an increased concern that there would be damaging social effects of gambling. So as this like gambling increased, the House of Commons implemented... The Gambling Act of 1845, which was to discourage the betting. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the more you discourage something, the more people are going to do it. People love to do it. Let's look at prohibition. Mm. You know, let's look at marijuana being illegal. <laughs> you know, everything. Pretty much. You make it illegal and people just want to do it more. So and they'll always find a way to do it. Mm-hmm. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash narratives and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Just go to audibletrial.com slash narratives to get started today. During the 1890s, the slums of Birmingham, England became overtaken by violent street gangs, who, upon the turn of the century, became highly organized within their own systems of hierarchy. Their violent tendencies led to vast amounts of political control and social power. Gang violence was at an all-time high by the end of the 19th century. The most violent of these youth street gangs organized themselves as a singular group known as Peaky Blinders. After select gangsters attacked a man... In 1890, they sent a letter to various national newspapers declaring themselves as members of this specific group. Their first activities primarily revolved around occupying favorable land, notably the communities of Small Heath and Cheapside, Birmingham. I just want to know if it was cheap, Cheapside, or if it was, anyway, cheaper than all the other sides. I guess that's true. So their expansion was noted by their first gang rival. 
the Cheapside Sloggers. Slogger, whoa, which is slang for fighter. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, who that was the first gang that they actually had. We're a very warriors vibe right now. Yeah. The first gang that they did battle with over territory was the Cheapside Sloggers. So as the Peaky Blinders moved into Cheapside, they, you know, did battle over the land. The Sloggers originated in 1870s, so they were a much older gang in the area, known for street fights in the Boardsley and Small Heath areas that were well known for extremely poor slums. They were like the originals, though? It's like... They were like the first gang. So like they're all like... The first organized gang. They're like all in the 30s and everyone else is like in their late teens. Yes. And you have to remember that in the 1890s, 30s was essentially 70s now. Mm-hmm. So like old. old so AF. late 20s and then everyone else is like, like 13, 12. Mm-hmm. The Peaky Blinders held various levels of control of Birmingham for nearly 20 years. They largely concluded in 1910 when a larger gang, the Birmingham Boys, led by Billy Kember, overtook them. So this whole time period is become very popular Mm -hmm. with the tv series we'll talk a little bit about the origin of the peaky blinders the peaky blinders were likely founded in small heath possibly by a man named thomas mucklow as a newspaper article entitled a murderous outrage at small heath a man's skull fractured and in that newspaper article they stated that's where the peaky blinders were first spoken about Mm -hmm. in the media. And they said that they were started by this man, Thomas Mucklow. Like that. I wonder who came up with the name Peaky Blinders. Well, I'll get there. Oh, yay. Okay. (laughs) Something I'm like, like, wow, what a name. This is possibly the first evidence of the Peaky Blinders' existence. And this is in 1890. A serious assault was committed on a young man named George Eastwood, who lived in Small Heath on a Saturday night. This young man was known to be an abstainer, but for some reason... Between 10 and 11 o'clock, he was found at the Rainbow Public House on Adderley Street. Hello. And was supplied with a bottle of ginger beer. Shortly afterwards, several men known as the Peaky Blinders Gang, whom Eastwood knew by sight from their living in the same neighborhood as him, came in. Members of this gang wore a signature outfit, tailored jackets, a lapel coat, button waistcoats, silk scarves, bell-bottom trousers, leather boots, and peaked flat caps. Members of the gang wore this tailored clothing, which was very uncommon for gangs at the time. Almost all the members wore the signature peaked flat cap with their overcoat. Their sporting of this flat cap itself lends to the debate regarding the naming of the gang. Their distinctive dress was recognizable by city inhabitants, police, and rival gangs. Their wives, girlfriends, and mistresses of the gang members were also known for wearing lavish clothing, pearls, silks, and colored scarves were commonplace and let people in the neighborhood know. That, that they, they belong to the Peaky Blinders. The name Peaky Blinders is popularly said to be derived from a practice of stitching razor blades into the peak of their flat caps, which could then be used later as weapons. Oh. Yeah. Hi, everybody. I'm Katie Segal. And I'm Kurt Sutter. And welcome to our new podcast called Pi People, Influences, and Experiences. Yes, it's sort of the. Uh, get to know you at a deeper level, the who, what, when, where, and why you are, rather than what it is you do. Absolutely. We're not going to talk too much about what people do. We just want to know about their families, where they come from, you know, what shapes their parenting if they have kids, what shapes their marriages if they're married. 
We just want to be really nosy. We want to get in there. A deep dive into nature and nurture. And we started it because there are a lot of people that we don't know that we are curious about. Right. And I have no friends, so for me, it's, you know. Try like, to get them out of the house. Listen to it on whatever you <laughs> listen to podcasts on. Yeah, podcast your, homecasts. Your, 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 your podcasting apparatus. Watch it on the YouTube. He's aging himself. But historian and criminal profiler, as well as author John Douglas, wrote a novel called A Walk Down Summer Lane, which is the story of families living on Summer Lane in Birmingham, England, and chronicles the life and lifestyle in that area in the 1930s and 40s. Uh, this at that time was a rough working class neighborhood. He wrote about the 30s and 40s, but much of what is the TV series is based on this novel, so... Keep that in mind. But John Douglas was a former FBI agent who worked on the Atlanta child murders and was also a part of the defense team for the West Memphis Three. He's actually one of the profilers that stated that the murders had nothing to do with Satanism and that instead the act was done by a lone adult and that they were unplanned. So he was actually part of the defense team that got them out of jail. Well, John Douglas, huge criminal profiler. You can like look up all day his, his stuff. He's pretty awesome. He asserted that these hats were used as the weapon of choice for members of the gang. It is believed that members sewed razor blades into their cap and then would then headbutt enemies, essentially blinding them. Piggy blinders. Reports alternately issue that members slash the foreheads of enemies, Oy. causing the blood to pour down into their eyes, temporarily blinding them. But all of this is probably just a little bit of narrative because the Gillette Razor Company actually invented the first replaceable safety razor in 1903. So a solid 13 years into the Peaky Blinders reign. And at that time, it would have been considered a luxury item. Like a street gang in Birmingham did not have disposable razor blades. So it's unlikely that they use these weapons in this manner, making the origin of the name a little more cryptic. So Absolutely. I, I know from other stories about how hiding razor blades and things was such a big thing for self-defense. At least not until after 1903. Many also state that it would be incredibly difficult to get any direction or power with a razor blade sewn into a hat. So it's also a very like imprecise weapon. Mm -hmm. Also not invented yet for a good majority of the Peaky Blinders reign. But another possible meaning of the name Peaky Blinders comes from these street reprobates sneaking up behind people and pulling their hat peak over their face so they couldn't describe the assailants after they had been mugged. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which also seems reasonable. Mm -hmm. But there is a far simpler explanation given to all of us by Carl Chin, who is a Birmingham historian, he believes that the name simply comes from the the term peaky, which is a description of the hat with a peak, and blinder, which was a familiar slang term used during this time to describe a man who is dapper in appearance, striking enough to blind a person. Oh, fuck off. But they just, it was like a slang term, like, yeah, oh, look because, at this blinder over here. You because know? of their fabulous wardrobe. Right, because they dressed up fancy. And that was a slang term at the time. It's probably I, the most reasonable I explanation. All of those. I mean, they're all great. Yeah. Anyway, we'll go back to talking a little bit about the gang. Mm -hmm. 
So economic hardship in England led to violent youth subculture. Poor youths frequently robbed and pickpocketed men walking on the streets and slums of Birmingham. These efforts were executed through assaults, beatings, stabbings, and manual strangulation. These were not good dudes. So during the 1890s, youth street gangs consisted of men between the ages of 12 and 30. 30 is about as old as it gets for the gangs. So the most powerful member of the Peaky Blinders was known as Kevin Mooney. His real name was Thomas Gilbert. However, he routinely changed his last name. Many of the land grabs that were undertaken by the gang were initiated by him. In 1899, an Irish police constable was contracted to enforce law in Birmingham because it had gotten so bad. So the town actually looked outside to bring somebody in. We got to get this shit under control. Mm -hmm. However, police corruption and bribery diminished the effectiveness of his enforcement. So the most prominent members of this gang were David Taylor. If you ever look at any of the pictures of Peaky Blind, the real Peaky Blinders, if you can check our Instagram, you can see the photo. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of the, the top five, if you will. If you see the one who looks like a sweet baby angel, that is David Taylor. Ernest Hayes. Harry Foyles, Stephen McNichol, and Thomas Gilbert. Foyles is known as Baby-Faced Harry. He was arrested at 19 <laughs> for stealing a bike in October of 1904. McNichol and Haynes were also arrested at the same time for stealing a bike and a home invasion, respectively. Respectively? You know, in that order. Did he knock first before he broke in? I don't think so. I think so. I just, you know, respectively means in that order. Oh, <laughs> one was arrested for stealing a bike, and one was arrested. For oh, I meant like he respectfully robbed a house. I mean, <laughs> excuse knock, me, sir. Knock. Excuse me, I'm coming in. I'm gonna wrap up all your belongings. Thank you so much. Pardon me, I would like to invade your home. Each was held for one month for their crimes. West Midlands police records described the three arrested as foul-mouthed young men who stalked the streets in drunken groups, insulting and mugging passersby. Taylor was arrested at the age of 13 for carrying a loaded firearm. That sweet little baby angel that you see is none other than a gun-toting maniac, little David Taylor. So you look at him and you're like, oh, he's so young. The Peaky Blinders, after they established controlled territory, began expanding their criminal enterprise during the late 19th century. Their activities included protection rackets, fraud, bribery, smuggling, hijacking, robbery, and bookmaking. Historians say that the blinders were more focused on street fighting, robbery, and racketeering, as opposed to some of the more organized elements of crime. After nearly a decade of political control, their growing influence brought on the attention of a large, larger gang, the Birmingham Boys. The Peaky Blinders' expansion into the race courses led to a violent backlash from the Birmingham gang. Peaky Blinder families physically distanced themselves from the Birmingham's center into the countryside. With the Blinders' withdrawal from the criminal underworld, the Sabini gang moved in on the Birmingham boys and solidified political control over central England in the 1930s. So by the 1930s, they were long gone. So when you watch the TV show, it's set in the 1920s and 30s, but by then, the Peaky Blinders were long gone from the area. As the specific gang, known as the Peaky Blinders, diminished their namesake was used as a generic term to describe violent street youth. The gang's activities lasted from the 1890s until the 1930s. Files on the real Victorian area rogues sit in the police charge sheets inside the West Midlands Police Museum at the back of the Spark Hill Police Station. So if you want, you it's can cool. go yeah, and see cool. like all of those pictures that we posted on Instagram. Any of the pictures that you see, if you go through, you can actually go to the West Midlands 
police museum, which is in the back of the Spark Hill Police Station, and be like, I want to see the Peaky Blinders stuff. And they'll show you all the Birmingham Street King stuff. You can see all the Birmingham Boys stuff. You can see the Cheapside Sloggers stuff. Awesome. Yeah, so this very intense street culture that was going on at the time, there is a lot of documentation, a lot of photos. But while it might be disturbing to hear about someone like a 12-year-old carrying a gun and being part of such a violent street gang, disturbing. considering the time, yeah. you're talking about life expectancy is like in the f- like 35 to 50 yeah. max at that time. So, I mean, 12 is kind of like... Yo, why don't you have a job yet? I know, I know. But where's I'm just your wife? About like, where's your wife? Like, let's. Oh, fuck. oh no! It's like thirty in no, the United no. States now, where your parents start to be like, "Where are my grandbabies?" So whether it's razor blades or fancy pants, that's the story of the real Peaky Blinders. Just another notorious narrative. Thank you so much for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast, there are a couple of things that you can do to help us out. You can leave a positive review wherever you're listening now. You can also go to patreon.com forward slash notorious narratives, where you can access content that is exclusive for our patrons. And remember, keep it weird and never stop exploring.